Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Desner. This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. My name is Dan Delmar. I'm your co-host, and it's my pleasure to introduce the founder of SoloInTheCity.tv, Montreal Socialista Cheryl Besner. Good evening, Cheryl. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited about tonight's show, obviously. Hmm. You know, this is how I got into this whole thing, dating after 50. Are you over 50, Cheryl? Well... I'm not going to tell. <laughs> I find that hard <laughs> Obviously, to I am. I, I even <laughs> refer to it. It was funny because for those of you who are new to Solo in the City, I was 25 the last time I was single, and then I was 52. So mm. I call it my dyslexic dating stage. And you know what? It can be a little intimidating for some people. So how do you find the, the dating market out there uh, uh, at 50-plus uh, versus at 25? Oh my gosh, you know, and, and, and it's funny you should ask that because we've talked with my friends last week about dating and how I got back into it. It's a whole new world out there because when I was dating, never mind Tinder's, SoloInTheCity.tv, online dating, Match.com's, we didn't have cell phones. I mean, I didn't even get a call from somebody and there was no such thing as texting and deciding, well, should I send them an email? Should I respond by text? How do I do this? Trying to decipher what somebody's saying. It didn't exist. So today's show is going to be amazing because we have amazing guests who are all from the 50-plus dating world. First of all, we're going to have Dr. Pepper Schwartz online. I don't know if you know who she is or has seen her show, but she is on the TV show Married at First Sight. As well, she's authored many books, including Dating Over 50 for Dummies, which... I think a lot of people could have used that when they step out. As well, we'll be joined by Ken Sullen. He's an expert on boomer dating, along with Lisa Copeland, author of The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50, and both of them also write for the Huffington Post. So it's going to be a great show and lots of insights from male and female perspectives on this mm. topic. So, really Dr. Pepper anxious. Schwartz has been on all kinds of talk shows, you know, Oprah oh. and those kinds of shows. She's everywhere and uh, yeah, look forward she to that is. conversation. And she's, she's got great insight, so I'm, I'm really happy. And, and I'm actually curious, and one of the things that I want to ask her is, you know, this TV show, Married at First Sight, and it's usually 20, 30-year-olds who are showing up on this, which, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, this is a TV show where people are being fixed up at the altar, you're getting married to oh, that person. Really? Yeah. What? I know. So, I know. so how would you feel about something like that, Dan? D impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it would never work for me. Yeah. I'm an acquired taste, Cheryl, as you know. I know. And, and you know what? <laughs> but it's a delicious taste, Dan. You know, once Thanks. we get to know you, you got to love you, right? <laughs> I, I hope so. Oh, I do. I do. And well, I, but the, I'm curious if it would work at the 50 plus. You know, we're 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 a little bit more set in our ways, or it could be viewed that we're able to compromise more. So I wonder how she would feel about if that show would work for the fifty plus crowd. Do you think the fifty plus that tends to be pickier because you're sort of more set in your opinions, or more flexible because you're like, okay, well, you know, I've, it's time to just sort of settle down. Honestly, I think it depends where you are at that point. And also, have you done your own homework? Meaning, you know who you are, you know what went wrong with your relationship, because going forward, the first thing you have to know is what didn't work in your previous relationship and what didn't work for you and as a couple. So it's, it's going inward first. If you've done that, then consider your boundaries. Then I think 
No, I think it's more about compromise, finding somebody that you want to partner with and share with and witness each other's lives with and find a compromise to make it work. Mm. So I, th I think we're better at compromise at an older age. See, I I'm single and 31, so I'm not, I'm not that worried about it, but I, I, I'm not sure how, how chill I would be at, at 51, for example, or 61. Um, when you were getting back, when, when, sort of, uh, when everything healed with your marriage and when you were ready to get back onto the scene, were you more excited to date again or were you more kind of terrified? I definitely wasn't terrified because I, I was always a very social person. I mean, I've been part of the philanthropic scene in Montreal, so I wasn't terrified of it. I would say I was wondering how I was going to feel the first time I got intimate with somebody again because that was something that I never thought about for 27 years. And your body parts are not necessarily where they were 25 years ago. So, you know, you de definitely have to, we have to deal with our own idiosyncrasies and different patterns that we've developed for ourselves and then figure out what it is that we want and don't want. Mm -hmm. And then we can make it work. Um, I would I would think that maybe uh, uh, people are going to start becoming better daters in their fifties than than perhaps people like me in their thirties because you're just so much more wise and you know what you want and it's sort of more probably more no nonsense right I mean do you have these qualifications Yes great let's do it Well I think we get to the point faster because there's yeah. no time to waste I mean once you make that decision <laughs> you don't want to waste you realize that you have X amount of years and and chances are don't forget even at fifty you might spend longer with the next partner than you do with the first partner. We live long these days. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to make that decision to commit to somebody, you really want to take your time. And I think we're also, though, not in a rush to necessarily at all times live with somebody or get married again. And our desires and the reason we're choosing to enter an exclusive relationship is different because, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, you want to get married because you also want to have a partner, but you also want children and that whole family life. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm, I'm sort of 50-50 on the kids. It really depends on who I end up with. It's hard okay, to envision my family people... without my wife. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Right Wonder now, what I she's going to be like. She's going to be awesome. She's going to be yeah. awesome. Brilliant, yeah. beautiful. Uh, she's going to call me on my nonsense. It'll be great. Yeah, not politically correct, right? No. Yeah, no, she no. can't be if no. she's with me. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, also coming up later on the show, we have Jess Solomon, who was out there asking Montrealers what it's like to date over 50 um, on our Love Beat sec segment. But I also want to go back to some of our dating hot topics for this week. You know, so every week now we're talking about different things. And I was wondering, did you know that two hearts really can beat as one? Yeah, not even in a cliche kind of way. I, I love the story. It's so cool. Yeah, well, a university in Denmark did a study and they found out that when two people build trust, their hearts actually get in sync and they can beat as one. What do you think? But with the same rhythm, I, I think that's that's the most romantic thing I've, I've maybe ever heard. That's that's really adorable, <laughs> and I can believe it too. You know, when you're so comfortable with someone, you get into the same rhythm. Um, you know, I've noticed like sometimes your breathing patterns. You know, when you're lying next to someone, get get all in sync. So I'm not surprised about uh, with this. I, I think that's that's really really cool. Yeah, I guess. Well, so do I actually. And and I mean, for me, it would be a little bit difficult because I have a heart murmur so it would be almost physically impossible for somebody to sync with me but I, I love the philosophy on that whole thing and Huffington Post readers recently shared one thing they wish it's women who want one thing more than anything else for a man to do during or after a date what do you think that is Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, to be, uh, 
I mean, to, for okay, men to be up. interested, <laughs> to, to be to have men to ask questions, that comes up a lot on the show. Men should ask more questions, be interested in their in their companions. Well, actually, most women said what they would love a man to do before, during, or after, and all three actually in most cases is number one open car doors oh, okay. and to leave their phones. So I have a little bit of a hint for women because I know that's a very important topic for me. I like a man to open a door for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, now it's not a first date because first date to me, I usually meet out and I always advise people meet outside 45 minutes. But if you're going on that first date and he doesn't open the door and it's important to you, get it in sometimes during the day that you love chivalry and that you love a man and if he's into you guaranteed when you leave that restaurant he's opening the door for you so drop drop that hint yep don't nag about it just drop the hint he'll pick up on it all right uh, coming up on solo in the city relationship expert dr pepper schwartz is next and that should be a great conversation uh, all about 50 plus dating this is solo in the city on news talk radio cjad 800 This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. I'm co-host Dan Delmar. And tonight it's all about 50-plus solos. And uh, we have a very special guest today, Cheryl. That's right, Dan. And to give us some advice on how to get social and into the 50s and dating scene, we welcome Dr. Pepper Schwartz. She is a professor of sociology at the University of Washington in Seattle. She is the author and co-author of numerous books, including... Dating Over 50 for Dummies. You may also know her from the show Married at First Sight. Welcome, Dr. Schwartz. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, well, it's great. You know, this whole topic is uh, very dear to my heart because I got into the dating coaching and everything that I'm doing here at Solo in the City because I became solo in my 50s and it was a rough go. And I'm sure you're faced with those kind of conversations every day in your business. I am, but you know, it's not a rough go for everyone. And the rewards are certainly equal to the effort, I think. I, I wouldn't want people to feel intimidated. On the other hand, if they are having a rough go, they're, they're not alone. <laughs> oh, no, I, 100%. And for me, you know, it was something that I was very social and very much part of my community and always out there meeting new people. And it was easier for me than for some. But still, you know, you're trying to readapt and having to also introduce children into the balance of the whole thing. So it does make for a more interesting dating life. What's the difference between 50 and 20s, for instance, for your opinion? (laughs) Well, I mean, on the um, challenging side, you don't have the body you had. Mm -hmm. Um, You have had um, experiences that have marked you. Your, your optimism is certainly tempered by some realities. Um, you may feel out of practice. You may have been single, you know, divorced or, or widowed or um, just single for a very long time. And, and it marks the way you look at the world. But on the good side, most people like themselves better. You know, even if they're not as handsome or pretty or slim as they used to be, they kind of get the good parts about themselves. And, and they usually feel smarter, wiser, a little bit more... Um, uh, a little bit more prepared to know what they need and who, what kind of person might need or, or want that. 
Um, I think the the other good thing is that I think people um, are often a little bit more. They're, they're, the net they cast is a little bigger. That is to say, I think when we're in our twenties, we have a very specific shopping list. A lot of it from our families that you know said you know the man or woman you marry, the husband or, or um, wife that's going to be the mother or father of your children. Um, that person has to be like us in all these ways. And I think a lot of people, as they get older, particularly if they're not thinking about being a parent again um, or have given up the idea of being a parent, um, they look for different things. Getting that mother or father of your children category out of the mix um, makes it easier. Now, that isn't to say that children are completely out of the mix because you may have adult children who weigh in. You can usually put that in the challenge side right. <laughs> of the equation. Um, but not parenting a new child together um, makes some choices different. You know, last week, it's funny you should talk about this shopping list and as well what parents have influences on us because last week on the show, Dan and I welcomed our best friends onto it to talk about who should influence you and how much information you should share with people and how much information you should retain. Do you think that giving people advice and that shopping list gets growing, that it makes it more difficult? Well, there's, you know, everybody sees the world in their own way and, um, you have to be a discriminating processor of information. If you take it all in, you will not only have too long a list, you will be schizophrenic. <laughs> the people will tell you, you absolutely must, and the other person will say, you absolutely must not. Oh, 100%. You, know, you, know, you really have to say, okay, you know, what, what, what do I think is helpful? What, what most suits my goals and my needs? But to the extent that you have a very long you know, the, what I call people with a very long shopping list is lonely uh, because they're looking for needles in a haystack. Um, in fact, they're looking for something that probably doesn't exist anywhere. Um, you know, I always say, you know, you must, you should have like three items on your shopping list. Yeah, um, I, I always actually go to get your boundaries, know what are your deal breakers, and, and then work from there, really. Yeah, except some people can have a big, long list of deal <laughs> Well, I try and tell people, keep it to three. Go for the top exactly. three. Yeah, Exactly. Because, um, you know, people are human. They're going to have flaws. They're not going to provide everything. Neither do you, right? A hundred percent. So um, neither do any of us. So the, the question is really what what is really a deal breaker? What could you really, really not do as opposed to what's preferable? You have to really distinguish between what's desirable and what's preferable and what is an absolute requirement. This there is... shouldn't be too many of those because my sense of it is if you're a person who finds yourself with a very long list of deal breakers and a very long list of um, uh, requirements that you really don't want a partner. You're trying to find ways to not have to deal with it. This is uh, Solo in the City, and you're listening to Dr. Pepper Schwartz. She's the author of Dating Over 50 for Dummies and a lot of other books. I wanted to ask you, in that book, there's a section that is dedicated to how to build your self-esteem for dating after 50. What are your three top tips? Well, I never know what my three top ones are. Read the whole book then, I guess. Yeah, but um, I think one of them is to... Really remind yourself of all you've done over a lifetime. 
you know, and it doesn't have to be in the career world. It could be in the career world where you've been respected and accomplished things. It could be in terms of being a parent, and, you know, that's anybody who's a parent, been a parent over a long period of time knows that that's something to pat yourself on the back, even if not that everything didn't go well. Um, maybe it's the kind of friend you've been. Maybe it's the kinds of adventures you've had. But to remind yourself that you're quite a package, and if it's not in every category, it's at least in some categories, and that you you have earned so much more self-esteem than you could have had at 25. I mean, it simply wouldn't have let, lived long enough to earn that much. So I think it's it's to kind of put together. If, if I think if people actually write a list of the things they're proud of or accomplished, they will find it's a very long list, and I think they should take some um, some pleasure in that. Well, you know what? Some people um, also are worried about their body. A lot of people, I remember there was a book that had something to say like, uh, taking your clothes off again. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a big gulp for a lot of people. I know it was for me. The thought of that doing that for the first time after 25 years with the same person. Oops, gulp. I know. I know it is a gulp. And the way to build your self-esteem there is to say, you know, I want to be with somebody who gets the whole me. And this is, if they're, if they're interested, really interested in me, this is, this is the me they're interested in. And, you know, no, it's not a perfect body, but, you know, unless you're a movie star, you're unlikely to have one um, because that's how they make their living. So, of course, they must. And they have, um, they have that um, focus or, you know, <laughs> they could change the way you look as well these days. Sure. I mean, well, we all can. Touch-ups. pain and suffering and money do you want to spend? Um, and most of us go, like, we don't want to spend the money and we don't want the pain. But, but you know, those things are available and... You know, I'm not against plastic surgery. If somebody has something that ages distorted their face and they want to change it, I don't think it's necessary at all. I think people will love you with the age on you. Um, I know they will. But, you know, people can, I think, going in and maybe having a little bit of a makeover isn't a bad idea. I don't mean... I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. You know, Dr. Schwartz, I love what we're talking about, and I'd love to talk about this further and have you back on the show as well. We have um, lots to talk about, and I want to even do something on Married at First Sight. But I want to thank you today so much for joining us. This was Dr. Pepper Schwartz, Professor of Sociology at the University of Washington and author of many books, including today's subject, Dating Over 50 for Dummies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Coming up on Solo in the City, the do's and don'ts of dating after 50. We'll talk to our panelists, author and dating coach Lisa Copeland and Ken Soland. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Some people want me to be heads or tails. I say no way, try This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with, of course, Cheryl Besner, host and founder of SoloInTheCity.tv. And Cheryl, it's time for our dating debate, and we have a great roundtable this week. I'm so excited about this roundtable because both these people talk about Dating Over 50, written books about it. So first of all, we have Lisa Copeland. She's a dating coach, writes for the Huffington Post, author of The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50, Seven Steps to Attracting Quality Men, and as well, Ken Sullen, author, 
columnist, speaker. He wrote the Boomer Guide to Finding True Love online. So welcome, Lisa. Welcome, Ken. Hi, Cheryl Hi. and Dan. <laughs> so this is really exciting for me because um, even I was talking uh, with Ken at some point saying how I kind of got into this whole thing, becoming 50 and becoming single. So I, I want to kind of jump right into that, for instance, Ken, with you. You know, you're joining us from California, and I was wondering, do you think dating is different for men and women in a country like California versus Montreal or Canada or suburbs like that? Well, it's interesting that you said the country like California, because I think actually a lot of people in California think this is a country. Um, <laughs> actually, I should have said state. But... No, no, but that's okay, because it is different. I think that, um, especially in San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Jose, the big cities, uh, I think there's a, a lot of consciousness about uh, uh, appropriate behavior and uh, dating over 50. Uh, I think that there's uh, much more, because I date coach also, as uh, Lisa does, I date, date coach around the country, mostly by Skype, uh, and I find that in other uh, places in, in, in America, people aren't necessarily uh, quite as well-behaved or uh, emotionally conscious. Well, you mentioned the word appropriate. I want to touch on that a little bit. Maybe, Lisa, you can comment on that. What do you think is appropriate differently at 50 than, for instance, at our 20s? Well, there is a big difference, and one of the reasons I believe that people have such a hard time dating over 50 is because they're still trying to date like they did in their 20s, which meant when we're younger, we're looking to build a life with someone. We're looking for someone who looks a certain way because it goes back to the days we were in caveman days, and we had to find someone who was very strong so our children would live. And so we're very attracted to the most attractive people because of that. We think they would have made the best children, and that's for when we're younger, when we're building houses and cars and jobs and dogs and kids. That's that whole building stage. When you're over 50 and you're dating like that, you're missing a lot of really good men or women, depending on which sex you are, and you're missing a lot of good people because you're dating for looks versus dating for who's going to be there and support me and who can I have fun with and who can be a great companion. We often put so much value on looks that we miss things that are way more important. You know, my co-host, Dan, is sitting here, and he's 30-something years old, and I, I wanted to get your opinion on this one, Dan. Do you think that's true? Um, sure. I mean, uh, I think dating is, is different no matter what generation you're in, um, but uh, I'm curious about our guest because my perception is that dating is getting a lot different. I mean, we have apps like Tinder, for example. I mean, you swipe left and you swipe right, and you can sort of have someone in your life and out of your life very quickly. Uh, do people over over 50, over 55 uh, uh, really um, have trouble, you know, adapting to the way modern dating works these days? Uh, you know, I think in some ways, uh, yeah, I think uh, sex is a, a huge issue be, uh, for over 50s. I think men and women have very different sexual expectations. Uh, one of the things that I frequently write about, mentioned in my book as well, is that it's a huge mistake for men to even be thinking about first date sex. And, and I think that uh, does it is it sort of a common 
uh, thread? Yeah, it really is, because I hear an enormous number of complaints uh, from women about it. And I, when I write articles, for, for instance, in the Huffington Post, there's always a slew of com- uh, comments afterward about, you know, don't these guys get it? Uh, but having said that, I have to say that I met somebody a few years ago, so I'm not dating now, uh, but I dated for a long time. And what always shocked me was how many women asked me on a coffee date if I was still sexual. And I'd say, wow, um, yeah, but why would you ask? And they all said the same thing, because a lot of guys your age aren't. Uh, so women are interested in sex, very interested, just as much as men are. They're just not interested in casual sex. And I think that's a big change for the over 50s as opposed to, you know, the 20, 30, even 40-somethings. I'm here with Lisa Copeland. She's the author of The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50, and as well Ken Sullen, The Boomer Guide to Finding Love Online or True Love Online. And I, I want to comment on that because one of the things that I do a lot when I'm coaching men and women, and it's interesting that you talk about that, Ken, is that I've always said go for the six-date rule. You know, really understand somebody, understand where you are even in that relationship, and then go to the sexual. And also for women to understand that sometimes if you dive in too fast, you're sending the wrong message. And men tend to wonder, well, does she go out and sleep with everybody on that first date? What do you say about that, Lisa? When I um, share with my clients about sex and when to have sex, Definitely not a first date thing. That's really a booty call is all that is. But the uh, time to have sex is when the two of you decide to become exclusive. This is what I share because this is a time that you're both out there. You know, when you're out there dating and having sex with everyone, and by the way, STDs um, are biggest in this age group because since we don't get pregnant anymore, we don't use the right protection. So STDs is rampant now in this, this age group. So that's why I always suggest being exclusive. Now, before you start that very strong, you know, total intimate relationship. Now, that being said, Ken brought up a great point. A lot of women and men both have come from sexless marriages. And they want to get out there and they want to make sure they're desirable. And they want to make sure uh, that they can still have sex. And there is nothing wrong with, with um, hormonal urges and fulfilling those hormonal urges as long as you're safe about it and as long as you recognize that it probably will not go anywhere relationship-wise other than a one- or two-night stand. The other thing that I think a lot of people at our age have an issue with is that they've been with somebody. They've had that constant companion, whether they were a good companion or not. And then all of a sudden, they have to make a social calendar for themselves. And that's the fear that a lot of people have, where to yeah. go and what to do. And I know, Lisa, that you share my sentiments. You know, solo in the city, we talk about getting up, getting out, getting social, that they're not going to come knocking at your door. And you've said that yourself, right? Yes, you have to get online. You have to go to different events. I think it's harder for women in many ways. They are the ones that go to these events. A lot of men don't seem to show up at meetups and things like that or speed dating or whatever. And also, women, it's harder to get fixed up. I always feel like people feel sorry for a guy who's by himself and that they try and get him fixed up very quickly, whereas women, this is not true. 
So one of the things I always suggest doing is write out all the letters of the alphabet and think about all the places in your city. For example, A, an airport. When you're traveling, you can meet so many people at airports, but you go all the way through, come up with names, because we don't really consciously think about where would the opposite sex be. You and know what, I, I, I love where you're going with this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I really want to go on to more of them. So I think that we're going to send people to your website, and thank you both very much. And for anybody out there listening, we're going to continue this conversation online, and you can go to solointhecity.tv and hear more about what Lisa and Ken have to say about where to meet people, because I have my own list too. Yeah, we'll do an extended roundtable on the podcast uh, if you check it out, solointhecity.tv. Just click on the blog section there. Uh, Lisa Copeland, uh, the uh, the book is The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50, Seven Steps to Attracting Quality, uh, quality Men. You can find her at findagreatman.com. And Ken Solon, the author of The Boomer Guide to Finding True Love Online, kensolon.com, S-O-L-I-N. Uh, Lisa, Ken, thanks very much. And for our online listeners, we'll uh, we'll continue with some hot topics uh, in a little bit. And for the uh, on-the-air listeners here on CJD, Jess Solomon, Love Beats on the Street, talking to uh, Montrealers uh, over 50 about uh, about their dating dilemmas. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm a 14 carries, I'm 14 You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. And um, I'm co-host Dan Delmar, of course. And uh, Cheryl, where should solos go uh, if they're over 50 uh, this week in Montreal? Well, it's not just this week. It's every week. And this is something that I'm constantly asked. Where can I go to meet someone? People say to me all the time, I don't want to go where my 20-year-old kids go. I don't want to be surrounded by 30-year-olds. I want to go where like-minded people like myself. So I kind of compiled a list of some of the places and depending on, you know, your demographic as to where you live and what the type of person is that you want. And that's, first of all, key, by the way. I want to tell everybody out there. In this KISS calendar, think of who you are, think of the type of person you want to meet, and then go where that person is. Does that make sense to you, Dan? Yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're not going to go to FUFs tonight. To, 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 to where? <laughs> Fufun Electric. You oh, know, is that, is that, metal, that metal club? Well, so Not quite right, our scene. There right away is the difference between you yeah. and me. 30 <laughs> is Fuf, and I'm going, oh, Fufun Electric. I know that place, but yeah, you got to elongate it for the 50 plus gotcha. crowd here. Okay. Yeah. So no, no abreaves. No abreaves. No, no, no. We're going for the old fashioned <laughs> way of talking to people. Okay. So, number one, for instance, if you like breakfast and you're part of the business community the Sofitel Le Renoir on Sherbrooke Street and Peel great breakfast fantastic food amazing service Friday mornings between 7.30 and 8.30 it's your power breakfast I mean everybody is there doing the work but also being very social I've met a lot of people there and actually through business associates and acquaintances actually dated somebody that I met through one of those people so Great place. Another place, let's say Enfant Terrible. Now, I know you like that restaurant too, eh? Enfant yeah, Art. I've been once. It was, it was really good. Great place. Has a fantastic counter. Now, you know, I like to say counter because when I say bar, people go, I don't want to go to a bar. But it's not a bar. It's the bar countertop. So anywhere that has something like that that attracts the kind of crowd that you want, 
go to it. Sit down at the bar. There's always going to be somebody to your right or to your left to talk to. So I love Les Enfants Terribles, a great wine selection. Le Mayac, Sunday brunch, and Saturday as well. During the summer, they even have the terrace. But again, sit at the counter or sit somewhere in the restaurant where you can see around. And I love there the poached eggs and smoked salmon with caviar. So Le Mayac, by the way, after 10 menu. That's right. Very reasonably priced and very delicious. But that's the younger crowd. So yeah, I would say that if you're, you know, 40 and up, 50 and up, and you're going out on trying to find somewhere to go, don't go at 10 o'clock because you will be surrounded by your kids and their friends. So make the differentiation. And across the street from there, Chez Levesque is also another great restaurant, great wine selections. They even sometimes do tastings. So that's fantastic. Milos, by the way, has opened up and re- renovated and reopened, and now they have a bar to sit at as well. So another place. And then you've also got places like Baton Rouge. Five o'clock, five to seven o'clock, any of the Baton Rouges, they all have bar. And afterwards, depending on location, Dakari Square is one, out on the West Island, another one, downtown, fills up like crazy. Place des Arts, the restaurant there. Even if you're not going to Place des Arts, the restaurant there, and even the courtyard there, great places to go between 5 and 7. The theaters are going to open up. There's a lot of people coming in and out, so you never know. Helena, also on McGill College. Then you have Holders across the street, Oysters. Again, that has a huge bar area. I don't know. Have you? Do you ever go down into that on, on McGill, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, holders I enjoy. I, I, uh, I enjoy their salmon tartare. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is down there? Uh, I mean, uh, there's. Oh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Grange, which is also right down the street. They mm-hmm. also have a bar, a uh, very good wine selection, tapas. So you can just go there, chill out a little bit, and uh, and definitely easy to meet someone like that. Yeah. Right. So I, I again, and there there's some again very differentials between where you want to go and where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep that in mind because we're going there. The Nelligan rooftop as well. You can go up there any day after 5 o'clock, great time. And the Hyatt downtown as well has a great rooftop. And and again, all tends to lend itself to older meeting and greeting. And it's just a more sophisticated, more mature crowd. And again, also think about it. Do you want to meet somebody in the French Cartier? Do you want to go to the Italian Quarter? You know, again, if you want to meet somebody of a certain ethnic background, we have to do that too. All right. Shall we get to uh, Jess Solomon and Love Beats for this week? Yes, we should. And Jess this week went out and asked Montreal's what they have to say about 50-plus dating. Hi, I'm Jess Solomon here, solo in the city, CJD, Love Beats on the street. Who do we have here? Benny from Bellows in Old Montreal. This week we're talking about dating over 50. What would you say, a disaster or a delight? For me, it's a delight. I've been married so many years, I've been divorced so many years, and I had so much experience in my life that I finally met someone that I really was looking for, and we're happily together. People aren't quite the same over 50 as they were, they're a little bit more adventurous, so uh, my friend's dating life uh, involves biking and hiking and and, and people who who share the same interests, so they don't have problems finding things to talk about. Uh, and I think in that respect, it's actually delightful. Would you say that dating over 50 is a delight or a disaster? I would say it's a disaster. Why? Because it comes with a lot of bodily changes, a lot of baggage, a lot of, a lot of things that are not as much fun as when you were younger and single. 
There you have it, Jess Solomon. Oh and and the, the noise, by the way, was because she was recording this from the Madonna concert. Yeah, I would have loved to hear what Madonna had to say about it. Yes, <laughs> we got to get uh, Jess back there next time. Yeah. Anyway, but disaster. My goodness, some uh, very negative uh, feelings about mm-hmm. dating over there. So, you know what? If you're out there and you're over 50, or even not, and you think you're ready to get started dating again and you need some guidance, we can help you with that too on Solo in the City. You can give me a call at one 844 solo We can sit down and talk about it and help you get out there again, either on your own or using one of Solo in the City's coming up events. We're going to be doing lots of things, so you can check us out on the KISS calendar and find out how you can get out there and go meet people in your city. Join us next week on Solo in the City. We're here Saturday nights at 10 p.m. on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. You can listen to all the episodes and check out a ton of dating tips and events, solointhecity.tv. Cheryl, have a great week. Thanks, Dan, and you too. And everybody, oh, wait a second. Is this week Rosh Hashanah's week or it's... No. No, this one's the second show, right? Okay, sorry. Okay. No, No, it's the next one we're doing. Okay. Um... Thanks, Dan. And remember to keep it simply social with our events calendar. If you want, go on to the dating site and find somebody to get out there with. And check out our blogs at solointhecity.tv because we all know it's all about the kiss. See you next week. Get on my elevator. Baby, we're going up. Give me that now.